You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Welcome everyone to Northern Lights MCC. The Metropolitan Community Church is an international Christian denomination that is committed to the basic Christian gospel that the love of God is available to all people through the life and works of Jesus Christ. And this love is available to you and to me this very evening or whenever you are watching um, this service. Hopefully some of our community will have been meeting up for a picnic this afternoon. I don't know at this point whether rain will have affected play or not, um, but I do know that we will still be meeting um, online for our services for the next weeks. We are considering what is faith in this series of services. Faith is clearly not only uh, deeply personal to each of us, but is it, it is fundamental, pivotal for our church family and our community. We will hear our readings from the first book of Kings and Matthew chapter 14 presently. Let us rest in God's presence as we seek to hear what God has to say for us and to us this evening. Let us pray together. Calm me, Lord, as you calmed the storm. Still me, God. Keep me from harm. Let all the tumult within me cease. Hold me, God, in your peace. Let us listen to our readings. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. God said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. But the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before God, but God was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but God was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites rejected your covenant broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. 
and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazel, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I thought I would bring you here to the sea. It's a place where I try to come every day just to have some quiet time and to pray. I thought it was the perfect location as we reflect on tonight's gospel and its meaning for us. And brothers, sisters and siblings, let us pray. Loving creator, send your spirit to guide my thoughts and inspire my words. Touch all our hearts that we may hear the message you wishes to hear. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. A few years ago, when I was teaching in college, I decided to re reward one of my classes. It was near Christmas and they had had a really difficult start to the school term. But they had worked really hard and had achieved beyond all expectations. Being a wonderful teacher, you might have expected me to take them to a museum to reinforce their learning. I did not. I decided instead to take them for a surfing lesson. There was an indoor centre that I'd heard of, and after a lot of preparation, showing them videos, convincing them that they could do it, persuading the head, and then prizing the money from the department head, we went. Of course, being their teacher, I felt the need that I had to go too. 
I don't have a surface body, nor the balance or the coordination needed to surf, but I love the water and that was enough for me. We had to go through certain tests, each a little harder than the previous one. We started in the water, holding a small board in front of us as we tried to balance on a jet of water that was hitting us at 20 miles an hour. We then had to push the board in front of us and allow the current to bring it back and catch it. Then we had to lay on it, push it off us and then catch it. And then we had to climb onto it, push it off, catch it and then climb back on board. And the final test, get onto the board, push it away from us, roll over twice in the water, catch the board and then climb back on it. Believe it or not, I did it. And before I knew it, I was then on my knees on the board and eventually I was holding the support beam standing on the board, all to the whoops of encouragement from the class. The instructor told me that they were going to turn the water speed up and I was to push off into the centre of the current and, well, surf. After a few moments of rebalancing, I pushed off from the bar and moved to the centre of the pool. You're surfing, the instructor called out. I'm surfing, I told myself. Against all the odds, I was doing it. Something that I wasn't built for and really I had no business doing. I felt the jets moving the board beneath me. I felt the power of the water as it surged under me and around me. And that thought came back. I have no business doing this. I don't have the body to be a surfer, nor the balance or the skills. And I was no longer surfing. I crashed into the water and the jet was so strong that it pushed me right away through the pool and up and out into the safety barrier at the top. A few seconds later, the board hit me and broke two of my toes. Undeterred, I got back into the water and tried again and again and again. But the doubt that had assailed me remained and I couldn't stand up again. Those of you who know me who have heard my Wednesday prayer service and know that I love the spirituality of St Ignatius of Loyola. Meditative prayer brings scripture to life with one's imagination allowing the words of a psalm or a scripture passage to open you to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. One of the criticisms of this type of spirituality is that it's not real. We use our imagination and it amounts almost to pretending. I remember going on a retreat day on Ignatian spirituality. And the leader began by picking up a Bible and introducing it as the inspired word of God. But then she stopped. I wondered aloud if God would be able to distinguish that book from any other that had been written. As God is the creator of everything and the inspiration of life 
of feelings and of thoughts, she pondered, isn't then everything sacred to God? God surrounds us and inspires us and will use every means to touch us and to communicate with us. Even our imaginations. And of course, the same goes for us, that we can find the fingerprint of God in all of creation, in word, in imagery. Tonight's gospel has a special meaning for me. It's one I've prayed through many, many times. In my preparation for ordination, it was the reading that held a special resonance with me. I have been in the boat and watched safely from my seat as Peter climbed out and walked towards Jesus, only to sink after a few steps. He always seemed to me like a baby taking their first steps towards their mother and falling the last part of the way, only to be caught and held close. I've also climbed out of the boat, not as Peter, but as me, Ronnie, young, naive, full head of hair, getting ready to be ordained and begin a life of service. I know the story, but I thought I might be different. My faith strong enough to walk to Jesus. But it was just like surfing. As I stepped out of the boat and walked towards Jesus, I became aware of the doubts that were crashing about inside of me. Am I good enough? Is God really calling me? What do I have to offer? And the real killer, the church has rejected me already. Can God really be in a church that rejects people? And the waves crashed over me and I sank. I don't just mean that figuratively. I mean it in a literal sense. The waves of doubt crashed over me and crushed me. I cancelled my ordination to the diaconate and I left seminary three weeks before I was due to be ordained with my classmates. My family, my friends, the college and my bishop were all deeply shocked. The college staff were supportive and said I had shown a real gift for counselling, having completed a couple of courses in college, and they suggested I enrolled on a more advanced course at Durham. The next year was new and different and scary, but I was adrift and lost. I continued to pray and to return to the water, to dare to get out of the boat and try to walk to Jesus, only to sink again and again. And at some point, I allowed myself to sink. And then for the first time, I allowed myself to be rescued by Jesus, to allow him to take my hand and to rescue me and to whisper something to me. It was then that I'd realized that it was 
my pride that had gotten in the way. I'd wanted it to go alone, to do everything for the love of Jesus. But it was at the moment that he grabbed my hand and whispered to me that I suddenly realised this wasn't my ministry I was preparing for. It was Christ's. And all that was required of me was to have the faith to climb out of the boat and to trust that Jesus would be with me to guide me and to make up for my lack of faith, my lack of ability, well, my lack of everything. Jesus would make up the inadequacies because it was his ministry, not mine. I just had to trust. I was ordained a year later, and tonight's gospel is the one that I chose. I still continue to return to it, to pray, to be challenged, to be reassured. That's my journey. But what does it mean for us as individuals and as a community? Lots of metaphors speak of the Christian church as a boat or a ship. How about we make it this one? Out in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the night. The disciples are scared, so it must have been quite a storm that frightened even these hardened fishermen. Thankfully, they were safe in the boat. But what if you're not allowed in the boat? What if the inspired by God holy book that I mentioned earlier actually said that because of your sexuality, you were not loved by God, that you were intrinsically evil and had no place in the boat. You're out at sea. In a storm that is so bad that the waves of the law, of society, of family, even the supposed word of God, condemn you. I received an email earlier this week from a 20-year-old who wants to have faith, wants to know Jesus, but has been told that their life have been told all their life that to be gay is wrong and an abomination. Their email was one of longing and fear. There is no boat for them to get into and the waves of hate, condemnation and rejection hide Jesus, who is there, waiting and walking toward them, but hidden by the waves. Most big ships have lifeboats for emergencies. For the LGBT plus community, Troy Perry launched a lifeboat and set out to rescue and welcome those who were at sea. The work of MCC has been to challenge each of those waves, to campaign against unjust laws, fight for equality in society, and in the church, and to add their voice to biblical criticism. That's the discipline of interpreting and understanding the inspired word of God, the Bible, in a new and more truthful way. 
A few years ago, I was at a conference on how the church could be more effective in its ministry. One person from a very deprived area and with a dwindling congregation said, well, I've done everything. We have socials after the service. We advertise the times, the times of the service on a big board outside the church. We even send out flyers at Christmas and Easter. What more can I do? Another said in response, don't worry, they know where to find us when they need us. They were safe in their boat and expecting people to come to them. A few years ago, I was very privileged to work and support people in addiction. One of the key phrases that we used was self-medicating an umbrella term for their addiction, because in reality, that's what it was. They had been so damaged by life that they couldn't live with the pain and they would do anything, and I mean anything, to dull it, hide from it or forget it, even if it were just for a few hours. The waves of the storm would crash over them so loudly, so powerfully, so terrifyingly that some couldn't be reached. And we would receive word from the police that someone we had been caring for had died of an overdose or had taken their own lives. For others, working the 12 steps, trusting in a higher power to walk with them, to calm a shallow waters help them to deal with the wounds and the past and to begin to live again a new life of faith and of trust. There are countless others who don't suffer an addiction but still battle the high waters of hurt and rejection. This week I've been supporting a family whose 14 year old attempted suicide because of the rejection of his mother. They hate themselves. They don't believe they are lovable. And it's a pain and a wound that they will carry for the rest of their lives. It's not enough for us to be in the boat and wait for people to find us. It's not enough to say we are here and they, for when they want to find us. Or that we are an inclusive church and we welcome everyone and expect people to overcome the waves that are assailing them and to come to us. In faith, we have to climb out of the boat and go to them. We have to risk getting soaked, risk sinking, and reach out to those who are so consumed by the storms of their lives that they cannot make it to the knowledge that they are the beloved of God. Part of my commitment to us using social media to broadcast our services is so that we can reach out to those who are searching for God in a sea of chaos and reach beyond the walls of our church. We must risk new ways to reach out to those across the waters and to all those who are adrift. When the Titanic was sinking, hello Martin, 
the lifeboats were launched and the richest got into them. There was plenty of room in the boats for others, but when those who were already in the sea tried to get aboard, they were pushed away for fear that they would capsize the boats and all would be lost. We as a church can't ever be afraid to reach out and to welcome anyone who is adrift for any reason, for fear that we may be swamped by new people on new ideas. In our first reading, we heard Elijah face a flood of hatred because he had preached the word of God. He'd got out of the safety of the boat and reached out to those in a storm of violence and politics, and his life was in danger. Just like the disciples in tonight's gospel, he was fearful for his life. He was told to go to a cave and wait for God. The traditional symbols of God's presence came and she wasn't in them. And then, and the gentleness of a breeze, Elijah heard her speak. We must be the gentle, reassuring voice of God to a people who are lost and can't find their way. It's not our ministry, it's the Lord's. And he won't abandon us, no matter how big the waves or how rough the storms. I'm excited that the social justice team led by David will inform us and challenge us in the next year and beyond. Let us be a courageous church to go beyond our boundaries our limitations, and dare to risk to step into the stormy sea and be the voice, the hand, the face of Jesus to all who are sinking beneath the waves of injustice, fear, doubt and pain. Now is the time you set aside to speak directly with God and listen to the one who knows us intimately and loves us in all our imperfections. In keeping with our custom in the Metropolitan Community Church, I light a special candle. We remember all those who have surrendered themselves to your tender care due to HIV-related illness. So let us pray together for ourselves for those we know and love, for our communities and for the wider world. Loving God, mother and father of all creation, we come together from different places and in different ways, knowing that we are all in your presence and in the presence of your son, Jesus, the Christ, at one in the Holy Spirit. Lord, Teach us how to walk faithfully on water, the living water of your Holy Spirit, as Jesus taught the apostles to do. When we want to hide from serving you and we doubt your promise to be with us, teach us instead, Lord, how to be faithful. Let us pray for the worldwide church 
for the Universal Fellowship of MCCs, for Northern Lights MCC, for church leaders everywhere, and for all who are faithful, that in setting our hearts steadfastly on the eternal truth of your love, we may be, may be nourished and yield good fruit. When we find ourselves coming up against worldly values, against selfishness and laziness, against gossip, scandal and poor communications, and against criticisms in ourselves and others, teach us, Lord, how to be faithful. So we pray for all whose words and deeds influence our society. Politicians, those who work in education and media, entrepreneurs, activists, and opinion formers of all perspectives, that integrity and honour may be valued, that responsibility may never be abused, and that where wrongs have been done, your love will heal and renew, challenge and convert. When we grumble and complain instead of living life thankfully, teach us, Lord, how to be earnest in prayer, bold in faith, and loving in service. Let us proclaim the full truth about Jesus Christ, even though that truth may not be what we and others want to hear. Help us to be wise and careful stewards of the resources of our world, because they are your creation, and we believe in you. Yet as we rejoice in your amazing love and seek the path of faithfulness, we see that many hear the words of the gospel, but do not listen or understand because of the hardness of their hearts. Help us not to become discouraged when we are rebuffed or scorned. Let us pray that some will hear and respond to you with repentance and joy for the honour of your holy name. And let us pour out before you now the cares and concerns of all who need to speak. Experience your love. Let us pray for those who are detained, tortured, exiled, or who are seeking asylum or refuge because they have struggled for their rights or the rights of others. Let us pray for the disadvantaged, the oppressed, the discriminated against, for those who are destitute or homeless, or in distressing financial circumstances, or who are victims of abuse, or hungry, or unable to work, that their uh, situations will be relieved. And let us proclaim the message of life triumphant over death and sickness, over suffering and sorrow, of life for those who strive to live in Christ, and of life for the world in the promise of God's saving grace. We pray, Lord, for those experiencing isolation, anxiety, frustration, discomfort, or pain, and for those who are afraid because they are ill or have been injured. We pray for those who are nearing the end of their journey on earth, that they may know your comfort and peace. 
And we pray for all those who work for the coming of God's commonwealth of life and love and joy. Those whose caring and faithful lives in past times and today are witness to Christ's triumph. And especially now, all those who are working in health and care environments through whose compassion, skills, dedication and insights, many will be restored to health. We bring to you, Lord, all for whom requests for prayer have been placed in our special book of intentions. Help them all to come to terms with their pain and difficulties and help them look forward to the future, whatever and wherever that may be. We place them in your healing presence, Lord, and ask that you enfold every single person who needs to feel the warmth and tenderness of your embrace. So now let us pray for the needs of people known to us personally. With a few moments of silence. Be with us all, Lord, in our daily struggle to faithfully follow you, in our periods of doubt and despair, and in times of happiness, health and loving. Be with us all until the time when in the heavenly realm of your love, our joy will know no end. We make our prayers in faith and love for you. We now commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to your mercy and protection, Lord, and to the healing love of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, as we say together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory for ever and ever amen and so we say together the grace may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.